All right. Well, it's good to see everybody in the house this morning or in the, in the classroom, whatever you want to say. You know, it's good to see everybody gathering as Ohana this morning. Let's, we just did our Ohana series. If you're new to, to, to H2O Church, we want to welcome you. Uh, we're a simple church plant here at Wright State University, and we're a community church, but we're focused on this campus. This is a great mission field to see God's love, his truth, and Jesus changes lives. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus changes lives. All right, get some interaction this morning. We'll wake up. Hallelujah. He does. He really does change lives. Man, when I think about the Bible, I think about, man, it's a good thing that this guy named Saul didn't stay Saul. He turned into Paul. It's a good thing that Zacchaeus, the tax collector who had this horrible reputation from stealing from people, didn't stay that way after he encountered Jesus. Like we see people loved by Jesus just as they are, but God loves them enough not to let them stay that way. Amen? And so good thing God saw a guy named Joshua Ortega a long time ago, and he said, I love you just as you are, but I love you enough not to let you stay that way. And praise God, I'm still changing every day. So uh, for our guests, we want to welcome you and let you know that we're going to be continuing our series today. Uh, We just started a series last week on real relationships. But before we do that, we're going to pray and just ask God for more prayer. We could use all the prayer we can get. So join us, please. God, we thank you for uh, just your love and your grace and your mercy. We thank you for being able to gather here today on campus. Thank you for our first-time guest, and we thank you for our church family. Lord, we just ask that um, you would just be with us, strengthen us, bring us together to encourage one another, strengthen one another as one in and with you. We ask that you would pour out your love on us, that you would guide us with your truth, and that you would empower us, Holy Spirit. And we ask that not just for H2O, but athletes in action, IFI, crew, Chi Alpha, Christians on campus, the Gospel Choir, Rock Campus Fellowship, the High Praise Dance Team, the Chinese Christian Fellowship, CMC Ratio Christi, and all the Bible studies that just take place on this campus, Lord, your people seeking you. We ask that for all of our partner churches in the surrounding area and around the world that you would use us to expand your kingdom. Lord, we want to lift up our, our brothers and sisters that are persecuted around the world for, for following you, for seeking you, and for knowing you. Comfort and strengthen them today as they share and live out the gospel today. We thank you for that. Lord, we're excited for your word. Lead and guide us in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said? Amen. 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 There we go. We're all waking up. Hallelujah. Well, this is part two. Last week, Matt Party, uh, we had a guest speaker come in. Pastor from up in Bowling Green kicked it off with just a really good word on reconciliation and just being in a relationship. When we're in relationships, there's always going to be conflict. And man, what a great message on reconciling those. So if you haven't listened to that one, it should be up on the podcast, uh, our HO podcast. But this week, we're going to continue this series of what it looks like to be in real relationships. And so this series is basically focusing and trusting on the character and instructions that God has laid out for us to be in relationships. You see, growing up, we we grew up with this just self-centered idea, and maybe we we even got a glimpse of godly relationships with our family, or maybe we didn't get a glimpse. Maybe we know absolutely what it is not uh, to to follow God, to love God, or love like God, or or be friends. Be friends like God wants us to be friends in the previous relationships we had before knowing Jesus. But God has laid out a clear, um, clear,
clear like characteristics and, and a model for us to follow and say, hey, I know you have friends, but this is the way I want you to walk, walk out these friendships. Because when you trust me and you trust in my ways, I can flow through you. I could bless you. I could give you life and life more abundant right now, right here, when you trust in me. And when you do this, you will not just reflect, uh, you just won't get this like blessing of being in these relationships. You're going to be blessed to reflect God's culture, his family, and his kingdom. Hallelujah. So no matter where you're at, whether you're single or whether you're dating or whether you're in marriage, today's passage is going to bless you as we walk out these characteristics. So if you want to turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 through 32, we're going to dive into this. And we're kind of cutting into this passage. Our, our Bible studies, our life groups that take place throughout the week will probably cover a little bit more than this. But we're going to cut in at verse 22 here, um, just so we can, can get to what we want to get to this morning. Hallelujah. It'll be up on the screen if you don't have your Bibles, but let's start off at 22. So it says, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of living and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God, in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another." Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupt talking come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up. As fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear it, and do not give or do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Mm. I don't know about you, but like we could just go home on that note right there. It's pretty self-explanatory, but we're going to dive into a couple of these characteristics. And as we look at this, they may seem simple in nature. And some of us, again, we know these things, but until we're walking them out, until we're teaching somebody else this, we want to just go after these simple truths. We have a saying here at H2O, we master in the basics. And I love talking deep theology. I've got a couple guys here that we go, we go deep. But same guys, man, we get so stirred up over the most simple passages still to this day. So let's look at this simple but deep passage and uh, just see what God has in store for us. First one, first takeaway is put away falsehood in verse 25. You guys, let's not be fake, okay? We don't want to be fake. Everybody say, don't be fake. Come on, don't be fake. We want to be able to be real with ourselves and with others and with God. The problem is, is when we're not real with ourselves, uh, when we're not real with others, we're automatically not being real with ourselves. 
If we're not being real with others and ourselves, how can we actually approach God honestly and say, I do struggle in this area? It's easy to want to come in and and come in the world's way and want the popularity, want the relationships, want the, 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 the dating, want the person, whatever, go after all these things, want the attention. But God says, don't be fake. Your best way to experience a relationship is don't be fake. The first thing that I thought of was Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5. This is kind of a crazy story, but uh, it just came to my mind with don't be fake. So here's this uh, time as they're recording the early church in the book of Acts. And Ananias and Sapphira are, is this couple, it's a married couple, and uh, this guy named Barnabas just finished selling one of his properties or maybe a plot of land, I don't know, and he gave the full cost, like whatever he made from that property, he gave it to the church to help take care of people. So he must have got a lot of attention, positive attention. Who knows, maybe he was already a leader in the church and these guys step in and say, hmm, if we sell some property and we say we gave all the proceeds, maybe people will like us like him, maybe we'll be honored. I don't know what they were thinking when they did this, but they sold their property, one of their properties, and they came and said, this is, how much we, this is how much we sold the property for, and we're giving it all to you guys. Well, the Holy Spirit must have spoke to Peter, and Peter said, is that really the cost of the property? Is that what you sold the property for? And Ananias, the husband, said, yeah, that was, the, that was how much we sold it for. And Ananias was faking. It was not the full price. And dude dropped dead there before everybody. Dropped dead. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to happen here, and I haven't heard of a case like this happening again. But same thing happened to his wife. She steps in, and they're like, was this the full cost of the property? She says, yeah, that was the full cost for sure. Drop dead, drop dead. They took them out and buried them. Everybody was amazed. Now, again, people aren't dropping dead when they they lie in the church. I haven't heard that. But we can take away that if you're lying about something, if you're being fake about what you're bringing here in a relationship, the only place it's going to lead is to a place of death, loneliness. You're not going to get to that place of life in relationship with God and with others, if you're being fake. The stories that I've heard, I've heard people like, uh, people, you know, girls say, I like out the outdoors, and they were totally lying to get married, you know? Um, I've seen guys like, I'm a super clean guy, and I wash my laundry all the time when they started dating the girls. That was not the case. Like, she's like, man, where's this B.O.? I've never smelled it. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry about that, you know? Been hiding that for years with the cologne, you know? Um, man, it's kind of sad. Like I've, I, it, we've, we've counseled married couples that, that really, like, the girl was dressing up or the guy was really dressing up and going all out while they were dating. But then once they got married, one of them just stopped pursuing. Like, why bother dressing up anymore? Why pursue? They were being fake at the time. You know, we want to show our vulnerability. And it's okay to struggle with things. I think about our community here at H2O that the vulnerability that I've seen in our church is just amazing. And I'd say 95% of the time, it's been accepted with just extreme love. And the 5% that it hasn't, we've done a lot of reconciliation. Hallelujah. 
So nobody's perfect, right? But I've seen people be vulnerable with all kinds of things, from self-confidence to finances to struggling with interpreting the Word of God in some areas, Um, how they abide in Christ, marriages, social cues, family, mental health, various physical handicaps, all kinds of things I've seen people just get real and honest with, and they find love. We're a bunch of broken people coming together to seek God. That's the honest truth. And if you're trying to cover that up with um, maybe doing something or work or, or, or what you wear or, or whatever, like, it, it's just not going to last that long. It's not going to get you anywhere. You want to be honest. And um, it's especially important. We're, I'm not encouraging you to like, air all your dirty laundry to the whole church. That's not what I'm you know, encouraging you to do. Because if you do that, you're going to get hurt. Not everybody's used to that smell of laundry. You know what I'm saying? So they might have a response you might not like. But with our leaders here, you could definitely entrust that, hey, I'm struggling with something. And the beautiful thing is we're all struggling. So you're going to find and be met, you know, find people who love you and be met with people who want to walk through this with you. So be honest. Don't fake the funk. Be honest. This also means following through with things. If you commit to something, you know, let your yeses be yes and your noes be noes. Don't, you know, Jesus says, Who does what's right? The person who says they're going to go do it and then doesn't do it. Or the person who says, I really don't want to do it, but I'll do it. You know, or or ends up doing it. And it's the person who doesn't want to do it, but does commit to do it. Because they were committed to that. Following through. You want to be honest. You see, everybody thinks it's the position, the title, maybe uh, maybe it's what you wear, or maybe what you have that gets a person this attention, but that's not true. It's character. And God's a whole lot more concerned about your character being the thing that draws people to the relationship that you have than what you have or the position you're in or anything like that. He is focused on your character. A danger in this also being honest is you have to make sure you're being honest with yourself. You really have to be careful, especially in the church, because we could get to a place, Matt mentioned this last week a little bit, but we could get to a place where we're working in the church and we're up here singing or we're back there serving or out on the fit and we're working for the Lord and we're wearing this mask, just like any other mask. And inside, we're just spiritually starving and we're alone. And it's easy to go through the motions and look like you're all right. It's important that you are honest with somebody. Be honest with somebody in the church with the intention to grow through this or work through whatever, wherever you're weak. God says, where you're weak, I could be strong. But you've got to admit you're weak in an area first. Be honest. Be real. I have an old saying like, you could either leave it or love it. I am who I am. When I first uh, was dating you know, Carrie, I was like, okay. She's going to have to either leave this or love this. I like anime, Dragon Ball Z, right? You know, all this stuff. And, man, my babelicious babe loves Dragon Ball Z, too. I was really surprised. But, you know, it's just fun things that you just put out there, and you don't know what it looks like when you become vulnerable. But the person who loves you and accepts you for who you are, wow, brokenness and all, that's a person that can work with you through some hard times. And life gets hard. Let's be real and honest, not just with who we're not, but who we're called to be. Amen? Moving on to point two. 
Do not let the sun go down on your anger in verse 26. You guys have heard this. If you haven't heard this, man, this should be super revolutionary for you, okay? Don't go to bed with anger. Work through this. Whether you're a friend with somebody, dating somebody, or in marriage, don't let anger turn into something you end up stewing on. Don't let, because when you stew on it, it's going to turn into bitterness. It's going to jade your view of people and circumstances. Resolve that anger today. We all have anger. You're you're allowed to be angry, okay? It's an emotion that God has given us, and emotions are important. They're good indicators to what's going on. But specifically, anger is not good to hold on to that emotion for more than, you know, the day is, or the time of the day. And like any emotion, sin has distorted it. So if you're going to be angry, make sure it's not being distorted, and you're not pouring that anger and judging people or, you know, things and stuff like that. Like, really carefully take this to the Lord. Um, You want to take whatever you're wrestling with and ask God, like, God, I'm really feeling angry about this situation, this person, um, this injustice, you know, and, and seek God's counsel on how to go through this. Because here's the thing, our understanding and our response of anger is super dangerous. Let's look at a couple of these passages. In James 1, 19 through 20 specifically, we'll kick us off with, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Note this, right? Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Anger can be a big stumbling block, a big barricade to you developing a relationship with God and becoming that person he wants you to become relationally with other people. So try your best. And if you're struggling with anger, again, we can struggle with anger, but... uh, Get somebody involved right away, ASAP, you know? Whether you're, again, single or in relationship or married, uh, married, do that. Proverbs 15, 18 says, A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. Proverbs 15, 1, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And then Proverbs 22, 24, Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered. This, this is, I like this passage because it, it challenges me because we're called to have friends um, just that are not Christian. It's great. But I tell you what, if you're hanging out with a person that's hot-tempered and always blows a fuse, has a short wick on things, it's not only going to get him in trouble, but God's saying it's going to get you in trouble. So be careful. Pray for that person by all means, but be careful hanging out with somebody with a temper. And you are who you hang out with. So if you're around people that are always angry and frustrated with people, believe it or not, you're going to end up becoming a little angry and frustrated with people around you too. You can't hang around dogs without getting fleas. You know what I'm saying? So, be the person that always seeks peace. Anger is an emotion that God's given us. But it's to lead people to a place of peace. When we see even in the Bible, God like having this righteous anger, Jesus having this righteous, righteous anger, it was to lead people to a place of peace. 
to clear out all the clutter and uh, that. So simple truth, don't be angry. Well, duh, Josh. Well, man, I'm telling you, we all do it, right? We all do it. Let's look at the next thing. Well, before we move on, before we move on, 27. I've got this big old scratch out there. Anger opens the door for the devil. Our, there, there is an adversary to the Christian out there named Satan, and he has a whole, what is it, uh, like a third of the angels followed Lucifer to earth? A third of the angels. He's got this whole army out there that has the same agenda, who is coming in alignment with his plans to kill, steal, and destroy things in your life. And anger, if you're holding on to anger and carrying that into the next day, you've given permission to him to attack your life. You're well on your way to experiencing something stolen from you, something maybe a relationship killed, or even worse, destroyed. Like you can never even talk to that person. It's so sad when I'm seeing families get into this place, all that stuff. Man, the devil takes advantage of our emotions when we're not giving those emotions to the Lord. So that's an important thing to see in this. Please be a person of peace. Please be a person of resolve. We don't like conflict. Nobody likes conflict. But I tell you what, God can give you the courage to go resolve this. And you could really see a lot of restoration and God moving. One of my, um, I know a person who has, has done this so many times. They've gone after the hard times with their friends where that relationship could have totally been wiped out and like, why? I would have forgiven this person, but I probably would have never talked to, this, talked to this person. But this person really goes after the conflict and like, let's restore this. And at this day, they've got rich friendships with these people that there was a lot of hurt in the relationship between these two people. But because they were intentional with their time at going after the hard things and having the hard discussions, man, they have some rich relationships and friendships in their lifetime. And God wants the same thing for you. The beautiful thing is, is when we allow that to take place and do what God's called us to do, people see our brokenness and our weaknesses and see God really clearly, especially when we start bringing up the Bible, right? If you're going to start preaching to somebody and sharing the good news of the gospel, it's going to be important that you're living it out. If you're not living it out, it's going to be hard to communicate that message of love and grace. Like, yeah, you're saying it, but are you walking it out? Amen? Next, speak life. Come on. Verse 29. Like, don't let anything negative, don't let slander, don't let malice, don't let... Our mouth is such a dangerous thing. James is like, how can you bless people and curse people with the same mouth? You know, I mean, it's like... Even David. David's like, put a watchman by my mouth. I think it was David. Somebody also said, put like a... God, put a bit and bridle in my mouth. You know, like what you put in a horse's mouth. Like, lead and guide me. Steer me with my words and my conversation. Because my words can be so self-destructive if I'm not careful. We want to be an encourager. Jesus says that the words that we speak are an overflow out of our hearts. So it's a good indicator for me. Like, if I'm starting to speak negative about somebody, it's a good indicator that I haven't taken that situation that I have with that person to the Lord. 
It might be if I'm starting to have like a really negative outlook on where I'm at, what I'm doing, or, or who I'm working with, or maybe that my, my setting, classroom setting, or, or work setting, it's probably an indicator that I'm not really spending a lot of time with God. Because when I spend time with God, I'm going to see a lot of grace bestowed upon me. I'm going to see a broken person that God's constantly patient with and, and understanding with. And yet here I am being so critical so negative, tearing down somebody else of another situation. We were just talking about reconciliation last week in our, in our small groups. And it was so funny, the examples I was hearing. But uh, here, I, one of the examples I shared was, you know, I, I'm, I used to have a lot of road rage when I was younger. And uh, I don't anymore, praise God. But it's just like their, you know, need for speed. Anna and Ben witnessed that a little bit last night. But coming in, and it's just like, if people cut me off or got in my way or I'm going real fast down the highway and a slow person gets over in the fast lane, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, get out of my way, man. And, uh, and I'd be so frustrated. But it's so funny because I did that to so many people while driving too. So it's like, man, I'm just not understanding of people that get over or whatever. I really had to have a heart check. And the more time I spent with the Lord while driving, it's funny, like my... My road rage went away. I was like, wow, this person, okay, you could get over, buddy. You could get over. I'd back off a little bit, you know, because it was just more time with the Lord. So let's look at a couple things the Bible says about speaking life or not speaking life. Proverbs 11.9 says this, Evil words destroy one's friends, but wise discernment rescues the godly. Hmm. Proverbs 15.4, Gentle words bring life and health, a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Proverbs 16, 24, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul, and healthy for the body. Proverbs 15, 28, the heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Let me just pause right there. The tongue can bring death or life. We're made in the image of God. We're made in the image of God. So this part, when he spoke things into existence, there's a, a very parallel, there's a big parallel to when we speak things. So when you speak something, are you tearing down somebody and cursing them? Or are you building them up? Jesus said that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. What are you binding down here with your words? And what are you loosening down here? Who are you forgiving? And who are you judging? Be careful with your words. They are powerful. So powerful. Ephesians 4.29 Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. James 1.26, if you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. Hmm. 1 Peter 3.10, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. It's amazing the course that your words plots out for life? How are you going to speak about an organization? 
How are you going to speak about a person? How are you going to speak about a topic will really make a huge impact, and not just in your own life, but in the lives of others? Now, here's food for thought. I will regret a lot of things that I've said in the past, and I've asked for forgiveness for those. But I also have regretted for what I've not said, and I've asked for forgiveness for not what I've not said. A lot of us say, I'm a kind person. I'm never mean to anybody. I don't say anything to anybody. Well, what are you holding back? God has given you this incredible opportunity to change lives with your words. Speak into somebody and see what the day makes. I love going throughout the university and, and just pointing to our custodial uh, staff here at Wright State. Man, thank you so much. I know you're doing twice the work. Thank you for being just amazing, uh, just faithful, radical servants. This is, campus is so enjoyable, and they always just light up, light up. I remember um, going through an Arby's line uh, last semester, and I went through there with a coupon, and it was expired, and she's like, oh, it's expired. I'm like, oh, that's okay. Thank you anyways for checking, checking out. And, then, and the manager heard me and said, I just heard the way you treated my employee after she told you no, and I'm going to give you the discount anyways. She's like, you don't know how many people come through here complaining or griping or bawling her out because they don't get that coupon deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's go humble and just speak life in our circumstances. As a man thinketh, so is he. You're going to shape a lot of that with your words. That's Proverbs. Let's be people who speak life. Here in our, in our community and culture, I hear our praise team back there once in a while, like speaking life to each other, like, you do this so well, and you do this so well, and you do this so well. Last night, there was a birthday for Ben, a little party there, and they were just talking about, like, best moments that they had, like, remembered being with him. And just speaking these moments, recapping, not letting them be an unspoken memory, but I heard it just poured life into the group. What a great gift to remember what you did with somebody and talk about it again, laugh about it again. There's something special about that in our relationships, in our marriages. There's no marriage here that doesn't like to remember that day of the wedding. And I could still see, I was talking about this with Nick, and like we could still see our brides coming down the aisle. And just to talk about that, verbalize that, you know, it's so fun. Friendships, marriages, speaking life is so key. One thing that Carrie asked me to do daily, like uh, before I leave, is pray over her and pray with her. I was always praying for her every day, but she said, Josh, can I just hear those words? It meant a lot to her to hear me speak that. We want to be verbal. I know a lot of us don't like praying quietly. Our culture is very unique in that way. We, we like to have this silent you know, prayer life going on. But the last time I heard, uh, you know, the enemy, like anybody wanting to keep Christians silent was the enemy. He knows that if he could keep you silent and not speaking out those things, he might have a better chance of not having that path cut out for the day. God can hear our thoughts. The enemy can't hear our thoughts. The devil doesn't know your thoughts. He can influence them. God can hear you speak when you pray quietly. 
but he's also given you a power and authority to speak it out loud. So let's speak that out loud, amen? Finally, be kind, verse 32. Oh, man, this is a future sticker for H2O, okay? I'm just saying, like, we love our stickers here, and I'm on the verge of, of making this sticker. I saw one, I was like, I could design a better version of this, so hallelujah. It's coming, you guys, just wait. But be kind, come on. It's so helpful to be kind. Just make the difference. We've already talked a little bit about this, but let's look at what be kind entails a little bit. Understanding. When you're kind, you're able to, it's because you're understanding of the moment. I'm not asking you guys to tolerate uh, anybody. Tolerating is what our culture says. Oh, tolerate, you know, this and tolerate one another. Tolerating is a ticking time bomb. All you're doing is suppressing emotions, suppressing things, and it's just building up. And the crock pot is, you know, like, or what are those things? Pressure cooker is about to explode kind of thing. But see, God has not called us to tolerate. He's called us to understand. When you understand that hurt people hurt other people, you're going to be able to be a little bit more kind in the situation. You're going to be a little bit more gracious, a little bit more forgiving. And that's what being kind is. It's understanding. It's polite. It's merciful. It's compassionate. It's tenderhearted. It's sympathetic, patient, easygoing. Come on, easygoing. I'm a structured kind of guy. I was a workaholic back in the day. God rescued me from that. But I like very regime, you know. I had no margin for me making a mistake or for others making mistakes. But now, because of God, after I hurt my back in the military, Man, I really learned what's important in life. And it wasn't all that work I was doing in that, that regiment schedule. It was margin to allow people to make mistakes and, and walk through them and build relationships through those moments instead of going, 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 going. I would steamroll over my relationships because I was so focused on work, I was missing out opportunities to live life. Be forgiving. We talked a lot about that last week, but be forgiving <clears throat> and be generous. It says that in there, and I just want to reference real quick verse 28. It talks about the thief being able to work again. It's pretty cool. There's a lot to talk about that, but I want to point out that when the thief, when we're able to work, it's not just to provide for ourselves, but it's to provide for others too. Be generous with what you got. If you're going to go out to eat and it requires a tip, you may have heard this. Be generous with your tip. If you can't go, then don't go or don't order something. You know what I'm saying? Like, be able to be generous with what you got. This community I've seen, uh, man, just grow into this beautiful, generous community where somebody's in need of something and people just like have stepped up to the plate and said, I want to be a part of paying for that. I want to be a part of supporting you in this. I want to be that ride that you need to this place. Uh, I'll get that meal for you. Like, I've just seen this super generous culture from our young people here that's probably more generous than people my age or older who have just got this lockdown on, like, one day I'm going to have enough to retire, but by the time I retire, I won't be able to enjoy any of it kind of thing, you know? Like these people in the book of Acts with Ananias and Sapphira, they were selling property saying, it's better to enjoy this finance, like giving this right now than saving it for later on. 
It didn't say they sold all their property. It just said they sold possessions. This wasn't this big commune thing always. Like People did live together that were homeless and stuff, but there were people selling just plots of land to help out and say, you know, I could hold on to this for generations, but God's got my children's future. You know, I'll I'll sell this and just help out with that. Just be generous. I'm not going to tell you how to do it or what that looks like for you. It's personal between each person and their, you know, their life. But be generous. It's going to go a long way. And when you start recognizing how generous God is with you, you might be a little bit more generous. You can't outgive God. Trust me. When I was when I was in college, I was a starving artist, and uh, man, I made nothing. I remember just uh, just giving what I felt like was the widow's last mite, trusting with God, because I, I would justify things like, ah, I don't have the money to give, so I'm going to like, tithe my time, which is good too. But there was a convicting message one time I heard in, in the church that I was interning at. I was like, I'm just going to trust you with this, Lord. I have no money for the rest of the week for food, but I'm going to trust you for, with this. And I gave this, and I literally got back to my apartment and a friend of mine in college came back and said, I just bought a bunch of groceries for you, and we're going to cook one meal, and I had, like, groceries for the rest of the week. It was amazing. But that was totally unexpected. I was giving what I had to God, and he totally provided. He's always gone above and beyond. And when you learn to trust him with that, you'll have fun being generous. Hallelujah. Um, man, I could tell you time and time again, People who own businesses that are generous and how blessed they are. People who have just been generous with time and talents and resources uh, and just how blessed they are. Uh, One of the students that graduated from Bowling Green, Michael Edwards, he came here to serve for three years and now he's part of another church plant uh, uh, that's here in Dayton. And so he came here and he's like, Josh, I don't have a job yet and I'm waiting for my job, so I'm just going to intern with you guys. I'm going to serve you guys. And he was this radical servant, and he helped set up a lot of the sound stuff that we have and implement a lot of things that we have and we use to this day, and it's so cool. Michael like, was praying through what job. He's like, Josh, I really want this job. I'm applying for all these jobs, and I was like, dude, I really believe God's going to bless you because of what, you've, like, what you're giving of your time to this church plant. And believe it or not, he got his dream job. He got the job he wanted, and it just really worked out. And I'm not going to say that happens every time, but I'm just going to say, like, man, when your heart is just to be generous, say, God, it's yours. Who knows what God can do? So be kind. Proverbs 11:17 says this. Your own soul is nourished when you are kind, but you destroy yourself when you are cruel. Wow. I want you to be healthy, fit, brothers and sisters, right? And that means going to the gym sometimes. Maybe that means going to the bike path and rollerblading like Alicia does, you know, like all this stuff. But really when it comes down to it, you want to be healthy, you want to be happy, you want to be fit, be kind. It's going to make a difference on your body, your mind, your, your perspective on everything. So takeaways. Don't be fake. Don't stay angry. Let's be kind. Let's speak life. Amen? All right. Everybody, let's say this one more time. Don't be fake. Don't stay angry. Let's be kind. And let's speak life. Man, you guys got this.
Okay, I'm going to have the band come up, and as we do this, uh, I want to encourage you guys that Jesus does love you just as you are, and you've heard that already. He really does love you, and we love you just as you are. But I hope you don't want to stay that way. It'd be a sad day if Paul, when he was Saul, just said, ah, Jesus loves me, I just want to stay this way, persecuting people. You know, we don't want to be stuck there. I hope you want to grow out of this. I hope you want to become what God has called you to be. Experience the life and the joy that God wants for you. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but nothing of value ever is easy. Amen? So, if you want to know this relationship with God today, and you have questions about this, anybody with a lanyard in the back can begin to walk with you what it means to be in relationship with God. You come up to me after church and just say, you know, I've heard this and I haven't experienced it. I want to follow Jesus today. You come back and talk, talk with me. Or if you say I'm struggling with something, let's work through that together. There's a lot of people here that will come alongside you, not judging because we're all broken, and just come with you and be that brother or sister. So we love you. God bless you and represent.